My name is Kylie Broderick, Managing Editor of Jetalia Easy. I sat down to talk to Setni Shami, Director General of the Arab Council for the Social Sciences, during the middle of its fourth annual conference in April 2019. ACSS is a groundbreaking and relatively young organization aiming to bring together both burgeoning and established social scientists across the Arab world in order to foster new scholastic communities and research networks in the field. During the conversation, I asked Setni about ACSS, its vision, its growth, and a brief description of her own personal journey. Here is that conversation. Thanks for sitting down with me today, Setni. Sure. Welcome. So let's just dive right in. Um, since we're at the ACSS conference right now, mm-hmm. could you tell us what it's about? Okay, so um, the Arab, Con- Arab Council for Social Sciences has a conference every two years. So part of the purpose of the conference is to showcase the work of the grantees, the current grantees at that time. And part of it is um, to solicit uh, papers through an open call for papers and to give an opportunity for researchers around the region and globally to come and present on their work uh, for us to get to know them, for us to see what are the kinds of research pr- uh, priorities in different parts of the region, in different countries, and for people to network um, and to get to know each other. So it's uh, this one is, is fairly big. It's been growing um, every year, and we're around 300 participants in this conference. Um, but um, we don't want it to grow too big so that it maintains, it's able to maintain the interactiveness and the sort of exchange and networking and people really getting to know not each other. Not too, not too corporate, not too huge. I mean, you know, academic associations in the U.S. or internationally often have uh, several thousand people and, and so you tend to stick in a small group and you don't actually get to meet anyone new or very new, few new people. And one of the main, main functions of this conference is for people to meet each other. We are following the usual sort of big conference format of 15-minute paper presentations, which of course is unsatisfying for the presenter, for the audience and for everybody. Um, but it's one way to accommodate the numbers, and 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 really, we have very few um, channels. I guess is the right word. Channels for people in the region to know what kind of research is being done around the region, because we don't have. Uh, we may have the journals, but they don't circulate. Um, we don't have the kinds of. Um, depositories where you can go and sort of check out what people are writing about. We don't have the information flows. And so it's very hard for someone uh, sitting in Jordan to know what are Moroccan social scientists working on or for someone working on migration in Lebanon to to know if there's anyone in Tunisia working on migration and so on, despite, you know, the growth of digital resources and websites and electronic platforms and so on. So there is more information flow than there used to be 10 years ago or certainly 20 years ago, but still not enough to really um, uh, map uh, and uh, to uh, know um, to know uh, what uh, colleagues may be doing in different parts of the world, uh, sorry, of the region. Um, so that's one of the important functions, I think, of this of this conference. It's also, of course, a chance for people to share their work, 
uh, we definitely focus on the younger generation of researchers. So you may have noticed that the average yeah. age is quite young. Yeah, I talked um, to many of them. Yeah, and for many, it's their first uh, opportunity to participate in the conference. It's the first time they present a paper sort of in this conference style and so on. So it's an important experience, I think, in a young scholar's career as well. And we're very happy if, if this is a platform and if ACSS enables young researchers to, to have this experience. Um, Finally, of course, there's a theme for every conference, and the theme is selected quite carefully by the Board of Trustees based on a lot of discussion as well as consultation with various uh, people. And through our, our themes have been quite different in each conference, and this is carefully thought through because we want to signal that we're open to all disciplines, we're open to all themes, and fields, and so this particular theme on borders and ecologies enables us um, to move uh, into disciplines that uh, have to that work on environment, that work in um, development, that work in planning. Our keynote was actually a planner and not a social scientist, quote unquote, in the strict sense of the term. But I think her presentation was clearly relevant to, to social sciences as well as to the arts and to the culture fields. And so, um, so we try by um, varying the themes across the, the conferences, not just to address you know, important um, priority, thematic priorities or important issues that are facing the region, but also to signal our interest in different disciplines and different um, approaches and different kinds of interdisciplinarity. So could you tell me how the program has grown or changed, you know, over the past four years? Um, the conference existed? specifically yeah. or ACS? Um, okay, so originally, um, you know, we have to, according to our bylaws, we have to have a general assembly meeting of our members because we are a membership association every two years. And so originally, at the very, very beginning, the idea was like, okay, we have a small conference in conjunction with the General Assembly meeting, which is sort of a business meeting, you know, where there's the election of the Board of Trustees and a discussion of, you know, because we are accountable to our membership. So the idea was there would be also this intellectual aspect to the meeting in addition to the business meeting. But then the demand, and, and this is true of all our work, whether in grants, uh, training workshops, um, anything we do, the number of applications we, we get is really big. Um, and so, you know, we put out a call and, and we get hundreds of, uh, of applications for the conference, for example. Um, and so the conference has been growing. Um, and so the purposes of the conference from having sort of uh, a small intellectual activity on the side of the business meeting has become the other way around. The business meeting has become, you know, just in conjunction, one session sort of in, in a bigger conference. So the Board of Trustees um, uh, decides on a theme. As I mentioned, they try to address uh, sort of an openness to different topics. Uh, they try to signal an opening up of new research agendas. Um, and they try to um, signal through the theme uh, a, a sort of a, a broad understanding of the social sciences. Um, and, and then we put out a call and we see what we receive. And 
uh, and it's always been the case that some aspect of the call isn't sufficiently addressed through the papers and abstracts that we right. receive, and therefore it's clear that this is a sort of an underdeveloped area of research or something that needs more nurturing and more incubation. And so we try through the keynote, through the special sessions and so on, to address those issues that we feel the papers don't cover sufficiently. Um, so there is a theme, but it's always very broad, and, and it gives people sort of the ability to address this theme from their particular interests and so on. Um, and, and so that's quite a, you know, that's, that, that comes out of a, a long process of discussion and consultation and writing the call and circulating the draft and, and so on. It's a very interactive process with uh, the Board of Trustees and with an organizing committee that we form specially for the conference. So um, as an organization, how do you think that ACSS has impacted the field of social sciences, particularly as it relates to the region? So, you know, we're, we're young. We're in our seventh year. We've only right, been, yeah, yeah. you know, six years. Um, so it's a bit soon to assess impact, although, of course, our donors keep asking about that. Um, <laughs> and so we have to say something. But no, uh, I think um, uh, the issue of, of a research community and an intellectual community is really the missing link in... Um, in the academic and intellectual landscape of the region. And it's something, um, you know, everyone uh, can speak eloquently about the problems of the universities or the problems of fields or the problems of disciplines or, you know, why, uh, you know, the region isn't producing sort of intellectually as it should and this and that. Um, we feel like a major, major missing piece of the landscape uh, is the nurturing of um, uh, of a community, of intellectual communities. And it wasn't always like this. And that there was a rupture. And there was a rupture that emerged out of a multiple of factors. I mean, political repression was one, but um, kind of changes in education systems, including the massification of education, including the focus on STEM and the push by policymakers and, and, and all sorts of actors in the direction of STEM. Um, as well as uh, a generation of institutions in the region that did not encourage the younger generation that became closed circles and closed clubs and, and things like that. So all that led to a kind of rupture and a fragmentation of the intellectual communities that exist and, and a lack of a sense of community, even within a country, let alone across the region or sub-region and so on. There are exceptions to this, of course. There are some circulations. There are some uh, groups that feel well connected to one another. And so on. there are certain fields, like economics, where there's been institutions um, that have nurtured that kind of networking and intellectual community and so on. So I think in terms of impact, uh, this is a felt impact. And it gets expressed in the conference. And we just had the General Assembly this morning. And people talked about, you know, um, you know, exaggerating to some to a huge extent, of course, saying things like, 
ACSS has, you know, made the borders disappear, and here we are as the Arab world all together, you know, <laughs> which is which is a huge because our theme is borders right. this year. So, you know, that was very poetic and um, nice to hear. Uh, I can put it in a in a in a simpler way. I mean, when at the keynote uh, presentation in the question and answer period you have people standing up and speaking in all these different accents. So you have one question in the Egyptian accent and one question in an Iraqi accent and one question in an Algerian accent and no one understands <laughs> <laughs> it. And, you know, I, I mean, you do feel... It's cosmopolitan. That yeah. it's cosmopolitan, that this diversity is able to come together and engage in a conversation. And there must be limits to that conversation, and there are limits to, you know, and whatever. But I feel that is an impact. Um, you know, we've also funded by now over 270 grantees, and we've enabled 270 people to do, to do research. We are starting to increase our publishing um, outputs. Um, you know, so there, there's definitely an impact. But... This impact and what we're able to provide nowhere matches the needs. This is the problem. The needs are huge and manifest. <laughs> and um, I wish there were, you know, at least 10 more organizations that worked in these same areas. Um, hopefully, and we do get sometimes uh, people telling us that they're inspired now to think on a national level or, you know, or on a s smaller scale to organize something similar and so on. And that's wonderful to hear. So there could be that kind of impact as well of just a model. Of, organizing model. of yeah. an organizing model. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I know that you're really short on time, but uh, could you just talk briefly about um, how you came to be the director general of ACSS, what your personal and professional trajectory was when you, you know, decided sure. to move in this direction. Yeah, I mean, when I finished my PhD, I, I went into university teaching in Jordan, which is where I'm from, and I taught there for a long time um, at Yermuk University. And what happened unexpectedly and, and not at all in a planned way was I came into Yermuk University, which was a new university at that time, uh, at the time, it had the dynamic leadership and anthropology, which is my field, was you know didn't really exist in Jordan, and so there was excitement about creating a, a, a department of anthropology, and I ended up being part of a of a dynamic group of archaeologists and anthropologists, and we set up a graduate institute um, for anthropology and archaeology. So that got me into this sort of organizing and. Um, institution building mode, which then I discovered I had a liking for, um, because it's uh, partly because I like working collaboratively. I like working with people very much and being part of a team and so on. And I'm not the lone scholar who wants mm -hmm. to sit yeah. in a, you know. Yeah. So there's that. But the other part is because it, I, I feel very strongly the way it helps me understand my own discipline or understand the purpose of knowledge production or raises questions about epistemology and so on in a way which uh, you don't have to do if you're working on a research project or teaching and so on where you can continue doing things the way you know, you've been taught to right. do or where the field determines how you should do them or there's or whatever. A There's a word. Yeah. So, you know, I had to ask, uh, why are we teaching anthropology in Jordan? Mm 
And that made me question anthropology in a way that I wouldn't have to if I wasn't trying to design a program and a curriculum and, and so on. Um, I probably would have, and I, I, I miss teaching, I would have loved to stay sort of in a university setting and so on, but uh, the situation of universities in the region isn't very good, and so that pushed me out of um, the university at some point, and I started working with regional programs um, that gave fellowships and grants and tried to build intellectual communities and so on. And these programs were funded um, by you know organizations that were and foundations that were interested in higher education and in research, um, and and the problem with those were that they were always finite. They were always you know five years, uh, three years, two years, ten even ten years, you know, But they always had an end, and then you would see uh, the energy and the network you'd created and so on dissipating. And so many of us who had been part of a network called Middle East Awards, which was uh, run out of Cairo and had like a 25-year-old history, I mean, uh, over its lifetime. And I became the director of Me Awards for three years in the late 90s. Um, many of us who had worked with that network after it got defunded and had to end and so on would meet at various places and say, what a pity that Me Awards had to end, and really couldn't we have something in the region that does what it did but is more sustainable. And was really out of those conversations and that felt need and that nostalgia for, you know, for a time when there was this kind of community and this kind of circulation in the region that led to the ACSS. So, you know, six, seven of us uh, sort of start to come together and say, what you know, what can we do? What can we help develop? What can we build? At that time, I was by then working at the Social Science Research Council in New York, mm -hmm. where I still keep actually a, a, a hand, a foot, a finger, I don't know. <laughs> um, and which was a model also um, for what can be done and, and how uh, a non-university or an inter-university uh, which is how I like to think about ACSS and SSRC as an inter-university institution, like what role that kind of institution can play and what it can do that universities are find more difficult to do because universities are slow-moving beasts, you know, they're heavy structures. Um, so, you know, organizations outside the university that can build on what's happening at the universities but be more nimble and more agile and move more quickly and especially in areas of interdisciplinarity which is very difficult to to achieve in in universities although you know it's changing with centers and so on um so um so the SSRC was a kind of inspiration me awards was kind of an inspiration but acss ended up you know becoming its own becoming really its own um, um, form of organization. For example, SSRC is not a membership organization, so it's not accountable to a membership mm, right. or you know, to a general assembly and so on. Um, and, and yeah, so there was a, a long planning period and I didn't intend to be the, the director at all. I mean, it wasn't like some kind of master plan, like <laughs> I set this up and then I'll run it. It wasn't at all like that. Um, 
and uh, but there were two things that happened by the time sort of the concept became clear and there was a plan and, and so on with the work of this committee as I mentioned of, of like-minded individuals um, we advert we got funding you know we managed to raise the money to start up the organization and we had calls for you know directors to apply for the job of directors and there were very few respondents so there weren't the ki right kind of people mm -hmm. and it is a job that requires that you have the academic abilities and, and, and training but at the same time have fundraising experience and have yeah, management and you know yeah. not unique but not also widely available and the Arabic language and this and that you know so right. then when you put all this together the so this was partly why sort of I felt like, okay, we've, you know, we've done all this work, we've planned all this thing, and it shouldn't fall apart because we can't find someone to direct it. But the other thing that happened, um, honestly, was that the Arab uprising started. Mm -hmm. And so I felt, and I was in New York at that time, and I felt personally, like, if I'm going to come back to the region, which I always regretted at some level leaving, like what better opportunity, what better time, you know, um, to come back and be part of something um, which is about reshaping the public sphere, which is about reshaping our ability to, to, to speak <laughs> as a region. And of course, you know, we've had uh, setbacks and disillusions and disappointments and all of that. But recent successes too. Well, you know, we'll see. Maybe we get upset uh, again in, in a few weeks about Algeria and Sudan and so on. But what that shows us is it's not over. I mean, the pessimism of like it's over and now, you know, the the resurgence or not the resurgence, but, you know, authoritarianism has come back with a vengeance and everything is terrible again. You know, something has been broken and it's going to take a long time perhaps to figure out how it rebuilds itself, but um, it, there's, there's, there isn't a going back. I don't think there's a going back in, in any way. And I think it gives an opportunity for social sciences. I mean, it's not social sciences in this kind of professional academic meaning of the word social sciences, but really in, in the sense of um, uh, these processes, that's not quite the right word, but... Um, ways of thinking about the world that help you articulate past and present and future and give you a vocabulary for trying to deal with past and present and future and that help you question past and present and future. I mean, a role for social sciences in that meaning of, 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 of the word um, is hugely needed on one hand and is an opportunity for social sciences in the region to reinvent itself because it had lost that function for many reasons we could talk about. Um, and so, you know, it was a chance to be part of something like that. And, and so it wasn't an easy decision. I had a six-year-old <laughs> at that point, you know, he's now 12 and thriving in Beirut, so that's fine. But, you know, it wasn't an easy decision, but I think it was, uh, on a personal level, it was it was a great decision, actually. Well, it's inspirational. Thank you. Um, I would love to keep asking you questions about knowledge production and the importance <laughs> of analyzing these flows, but I know that you have to go. Yeah, I should weekend. attend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for talking thank you. with me. No, thank you. 
You've been listening to Status Audio Magazine. The Status is produced by the Arab Studies Institute in partnership with Voices of the Middle East and North Africa, co-sponsored by George Mason University's Middle Eastern Studies Program and the American University of Beirut's Asfari Institute for Civil Society and Citizenship. Interested in pitching an interview, a program episode, or becoming a partner, email our associate producer, Paola Messina, at paola at statushour.com. To listen to more conversations, on-the-scene reports, and discussions, visit our website, statushour.com, or subscribe via iTunes and listen to us on the go. You can also friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and for more conversations, please visit statushour.com.